Hello there, and welcome to On Mike with Jordan Rich. Now today, a conversation with a very talented and lovely young woman, Carrie Brett. She's one of the top portrait photographers in the business, as far as I'm concerned. And she's also the daughter of one of my favorite people and a former On Mike guest, the award-winning Boston Globe shutterbug, Bill Brett. I can't wait to talk with Carrie about her art form, that of her dad's too, photography. And we'll talk about her fabulous new podcast, Shot at Love, which really teaches people how to navigate the tricky world of online dating. And it's catching fire. So without any further ado, I welcome the very talented Carrie Brett to join me on mic. Well, I had the dad here, so it's about time I had the daughter here. I am so pleased to welcome Carrie Brett. She's a professional photographer with a capital P. She's also the host of Shot at Love, a new podcast that we'll talk about. But your dad was here maybe six or eight months ago, right before the, you know what, the pandemic right, hit. Right, right. And I love him to pieces. And it's great to see you. Thank you so much for having me. Carrie Brett, uh, a name that's well-known in New England and beyond because of the work you've done with, like, the improper Bostonian, all those covers, and all the uh, fancy people that you've shot. But there's a lot more to you, and we'll get into that. Uh, but first, on the photography, I did not know that there is something called a master photographer. Right. What does that mean? It means it's really hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it took me about seven years to get. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to stand... On my own merit, on my own terms, I had big shoes to fill with my dad. And I, when I lectured and when I spoke across the country, I wanted, I wanted the backing behind me. So I worked really hard. I got my master's when my daughter was one. And you have to have a certain amount, a lot of things. You have to have the schooling, but you have, mm. to, you have to have like a perfect print case. Like you have to get the certain um, merits in competition. Sounds like the sommelier uh, <laughs> exams that are really tough. And and you get to a certain level where you get this well-earned title. You get this medal that you can oh, wear you around your, your neck, cool. like Nadia Comaneci. Like, it's just, it's it's a recognition. And it was something that I really wanted to get, and I got. I talked with your dad, and that's the last time I'll bring him up because we're not here to interview him again. But I, I just want to bring this up. I talked with him about the persona of the photographer, not the art and the technique, but the persona, the individual. What is it that you think you bring to a session that makes the photograph better, that makes the photograph work? really is, to me, a, a lot about the person behind the camera. Totally. So my dad's a really seasoned photojournalist. He's definitely, in my opinion, the best in the city. And he studied his craft. He knew the subject. He worked at it. He was unbelievable at sport, Spot News. Amazing. He won the Ramsdale Trophy. He was the youngest and the oldest person to ever win the highest award in Spot News. And I just knew I was never going to be Bill Brett. I, there was already a Bill Brett. So I had to become myself. And I, what works for him works for him, and what works for me works for me. There is that sense of comfort that you want to bring to people, though, when you're photographing them. I'll just mention a few names. These are the big names that everybody knows. David Ortiz from the Red Sox, Jay Leno. I'm looking at a couple on the, the list here. Shaquille O'Neal. These are people who are used to being in the public eye, quote, unquote, uh, surrounded by peeps and so forth. Is it trickier to 
work with a, a mega star of that nature, or is it more challenging to work with somebody who's just wants their portrait done, who's just an ordinary George Jane? I think it's all the same. I think it's all the same. I think if you're a quote unquote mega star, when you're in the spotlight, there's demands and certain things that come with that. But when you're photographed and it's just me and say David Ortiz, well, it's like uh, he has to trust me and I have to trust him. Mm. And it's very, it's about trust. It's about how I make him feel. And it's interesting. But I just have to trust the process, and I, I shoot with my heart. I lead with my heart yeah. in everything that I do. Any visual art, there's a body of work almost instantly, right? I mean, the body of work that you finally produce is for the world to see. It's a great legacy. It's for the world to see forever. It's forever. I mean, my dad, that's why I love, which I was the one who encouraged him to first do um, his first book. And he it was a... Definitely, it was a transitional time at the Globe. I just felt like, Dad, you have the, a front row in history, and you need to share that with the world. And he did. And it, it will live forever. And that's kind of a, a neat thing to think about in every day when you're doing your work. I mean, you're impacting people and maybe future generations. I hate to be too lofty here, but it really is kind of a cool concept. It is a cool concept. Um, the power of the photograph. It tells a thousand words that one image, if it's strong enough. Now, you're young enough, and you're very young, believe me, uh, to have worked in the newspaper, quote-unquote, print business for enough years to now see it changing. Uh, I mentioned the Improper Bostonian. That's gone away. I love that magazine. I know. It breaks my heart. I actually almost wore a T-shirt today that said, stay improper. And I have, (laughs) you know, (laughs) when I left the magazine, when we finally closed the doors, I left... With a bag of swag, a trash bag of um, Stay Improper t-shirts and some of my favorite issues, and I left in the rain, and that was my contribution after almost three decades. But it sounds like a sad tale, but it really isn't because the memories and the opportunities that I had at that magazine— you couldn't pay for. Well, the body of work speaks for itself. I remember so many of the covers. Most of them were individuals, people. Mm-hmm. And it spoke volumes. I, I'm a fan of history, so I love the old Life magazine covers and the Look magazine yeah. covers. And it had that sense to it, the improper. I yeah, thought. the improper, we 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 did it. <laughs> we built a rag magazine out of nothing, out of a, a handful of people who worked day and night and just... We were determined, and we did it, and well, we reached millions and millions of people. It, it, was, it was pretty awesome. Something to be proud of, no question about that. Before we get to the podcast, which is really very well produced and very interesting, once that goes away, when a big project like that folds, and it's no one's fault, it's just the way of the beast, mm-hmm. what did you do professionally? Any different directions since then, or are you just focusing on one particular area Portraiture. Tell, tell me what you're doing now. Well, I was, I'll always be a photographer. That's, that's who I am. That's my identity, for sure. And I carry my dad's legacy, and I'm proud to do that. But there was another side of me, and I started working on this podcast. I didn't know it was a podcast at the time. I was writing a book and writing a live keynote seminar that I started in 2018. And thankfully... A year later, um, 
I had this podcast, this plan to launch this podcast. That was set in place. And let's see, I launched the podcast probably like six months after the improper closed. Mm -hmm. So even though losing the improper was a big loss, and it will always be a big loss, not only for me, but for the city of Boston, Mm. for sure. People, you know, really loved and appreciated the magazine. Um, and, and the staff was my family and I still check in with them today and we'll always be connected by the magazine. But thankfully I had something new to kind of grow creatively, yeah. if that makes sense. And, and it's interesting that you're so well known for so many years as a photographer in that medium and now the audio medium comes along at right. just the right time, by the way, to uh, enable people of all stripes to get into it. And you've taken to it like a pro. You've really done a great job. You know, it. it would have been a lot easier if I just did a podcast on photography. <laughs> yes. Right? Think about it. You know, my dad and I could do a podcast in two seconds. In your sleep. In our sleep. Why did I choose this challenging subject and to launch a podcast during a pandemic? But what was interesting was... During the pandemic, loneliness, being alone, was amplified 100%. And online dating apps, I mean, when I was developing this stuff, people were like, what? I don't even, I don't understand what you're talking about. I knew I was ahead of the curve. But online dating apps went up 40%. And virtual dating, yes, it's a thing. Now it's a thing, went up 96%. Hmm. So it was like right place at the right time. You mentioned earlier that you have a 16-year-old. You were married and then, of course, subsequently divorced. That's a whole issue in itself for anybody to, to deal sure. with. It hit me when I read about it and started listening to it because I have a story in that realm too. But okay. Shot at Love, what's the basic focus? Shot at Love, so it's a play on, um, you know, it ties my brand as a photographer. You know, you take a shot, you take a shot on love, you take a, sh- you know, I can photograph you and take a shot of you. Uh I felt what I was seeing, I first started writing all this stuff for, say, the middle-aged suburban, someone trapped in suburbia Mm -hmm. that didn't have any single friends, was isolated, because I know I was. And I first started there, but then I realized millennials really needed this information, too. And since I was the first, one of the early users of Tinder before Hinge or Bump, Bumble or any of the other dating apps were out there, I figured it out, kind of cracked the code and shelved it for a while because I'm a Tinder success story and was enjoying my life with my boyfriend who I live with. But I could see people were hurting and they didn't have the information that I had found out years before. So I felt that Someone would be listening, and I was going to do my damnedest to empower someone. So interesting, Carrie. The idea of meeting people even before the pandemic at, say, a social event or a bar or anything was becoming passe. Online dating or online apps or whatever really became, as you say, the hot commodity. But people didn't know how to really work with them and still don't. There's so much confusion. (laughs) They're probably on different different services. Different well, apps. there's like 350 million matches on Badu, which is used in other con- countries. Wow. Where there's 56 million daily matches on Tinder. 
Oh, my goodness. I so we're really behind. Yeah. So if there's 500, listener, 500 million listeners in China who listen to podcasts and say a million listeners in the U.S., like we're behind for sure. Wow. But it's going to be growing. So when I started writing all this stuff in 2018, it was like 30% of people were using online. But we knew that four or five years from now, there would be 70 80%. So you've brought in people, too, to bolster the information, experts, and a lot of different areas. Random experts. <laughs> but isn't that fun, huh? It's so fun. Yeah. I love, I love the improv because it opened up a whole world to me. I got to – this was the interesting piece was they would secure the talent and I would just show up and take their photograph. Now I have to secure the talent. Welcome to the world of pro- of producing yeah. a podcast. I didn't factor that in. Like the ask, that's kind of challenging <laughs> for me. Um, but and also promoting each episode, mm-hmm. I don't like doing that. But I kind of have to get over myself and say it's not. Every time I put something up, hey, I don't want to even look at the photograph of myself on the cover. It's just like this isn't why I started this. But if I can help someone, and I know that information will help someone, then I'm going to promote that episode. Would you say that writing up and creating the personal profile is the number one issue for most people? They don't quite get it where they need to get it, or they're not quite following the the guide to success? No, it's the inaction. Oh. It's let's just stay where we are because it's comfortable. Let's not take a chance. Let's n- we, it's like putting myself out there with this podcast. Like, have I lost my mind? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just what's that fear of the unknown? What's going to happen? Well, you could meet a billionaire who could change your life and be super supportive and be a, a babe. You know, like my boyfriend's five years younger than me. He brings great impact to to my life daily, mm. and I found him on Tinder. And people have the impression that Tinder is only about quick fix, let's get somebody for tonight, et cetera, et cetera. Not true. Not true. Not true. So people who say that, I think the reason why that um, misperception started was because young people were the first ones to join Tinder because they're technical. My daughter is like a star on TikTok. She gets millions of downloads. Mm. Um, I have a cover that goes viral. I get like 200 likes. You know? <laughs> yeah. She eats a sandwich and gets like 800 Amazing. likes. You know, She's so, an influencer. So that's their generation. Right. So young people were the first ones to be on Tinder. I, the only reason why I joined Tinder is because I had a 25-year-old uh, assistant who couldn't stand seeing me cry every day at the studio. And right. he put me on Tinder. I would never have joined. I would never have known how to even... Like you look at my dad's generation, they don't know how to download podcasts. True, true. I, I deal with that every day with a certain population in my For sure. audience. Let's talk a little bit about what you just said. You said you were crying on a regular basis. <laughs> I, I don't mean so, probably not sobbing and weeping every moment, but there is a lot of loneliness. There's a lot of sadness, particularly with people who have lived a little bit into their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and then they wind up in one regard or another alone. Uh-huh. through no fault of their own, or maybe it is their fault. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Who but cares? the point is that sadness is palpable, isn't it? It's real, Fifty more than 50%. So I'm one of four, and 
we grew up like the Brady Bunch. My parents are the kindest, most loving people. There was nothing wrong with my childhood. There was no reason for me to get divorced with a baby. Four of us, out of four of us, two of us are divorced. Does that mean my sister who got divorced and myself are worth less than my sister and my brother? Absolutely not. So it happens. It's part of life. And, but there is that perception that there's a shame associated to things not working out. Right. And the other thing that I want to ask you about, and I know you're exploring this in the podcast and will do so in the future, people online take on different characteristics. We see it all the time with people responding to articles and they become nasty and they want to cut you down and name calling and all that. Unlikely if they saw you in person and were talking over a cup of coffee, they would say those words. In some cases, beholden to be strong. In other cases, there's a sense of just, I don't want to be near this. I'm afraid of social media. I'm afraid of connecting. Well, there's always going to be haters. So, and there's always going to be kind people. Don't you think that the haters are emboldened more so because they think they're anonymous online? Or mm, I like what Ellen DeGeneres says about comments of, well, first of all, if you're getting critics, then you, you've made it, right? That's true. They write about you. Like, Spell the name right. I was doing that with my covers where I took chances. I always tried to portray not the athlete or how the world saw them, but how, almost how their mother saw them, like the real true person. Because I felt like if I could shoot the truth, it would be more impactful. And it was controversial, some of the covers that I had. Do you recall any specific examples? Um, like take uh, Uke, for example, Kevin Euclid, who mm, I adore, and he now has a podcast. Um, but he, I was afraid of him. I was afraid of him. He was he was the king of all walks. He had that, you know, the beard and he looked always angry and this fierce athlete. And he's a lamb. He's a love. And I showed him that way, how I saw him that day. Mm. And that wasn't how the world saw him. They wanted that fierce look in his eyes. And I had him laughing mm. in a looking like a, he looked great. And I fought for that cover. And that is what I was referring to early on in our chat about the person behind the camera taking the photos who has that ability to make someone relax and show their true side. I think that's a real gift. Got to tell you my story. Okay. Oh, yeah. Everyone everyone who's been single for whatever reason and then wants to get together with somebody has a story. So I – many years now, it's – it'll be seven years. It's actually seven years this year that my – first wife passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. And uh, after a long illness, and it was, uh, we were married a long time. Anyway, at the conclusion of that horrible period, um, I did what a lot of people do. Uh, I got lonely. I got depressed down because I was alone. I, I yet have the world at my fingertips as a radio host. I see people every day, but it's not the same. So I went online for the first time at 50, what was I, 56 years old. But here's the story behind the story. I was on a particular site, and I put my profile up. Of course, I'm anonymous. But I did not include what you need to include. Okay, first of all, if I was your coach, or we had shot at love at the time, there's a thing that people do now, which is a, a voice recording that they send as a text 
Oh. And your voice. I mean, I'm so humbled sitting here as a <laughs> oh, podcaster. Geez. When I hear your voice, I just want to move into <laughs> chart productions and just <laughs> pour a cup of Maxwell tea and wrap uh, myself up in a blanket. Like, you have the most incredible well, voice. Well, what I didn't do, let me just tell you. <laughs> I I'm, would be sending voice okay, audios. <laughs> voice audios. That, that'll actually come into play in a second. I didn't include my picture. Because I was, at the time, on radio, and I figured, oh, as soon as somebody finds out I'm doing this, they they'll can. start calling me on the air and all this. Kind of Who expects to get anybody to respond with no picture, right? That was my – I didn't even think of it that, that way. Was, that was a maverick move. We call it a maverick move. And I'm the, uh, the exception to the rule because within two weeks, I met the woman I'm now married to. She actually responded to a ping that I had sent, and because she's that kind of person, she responded to, to everybody. But she would say afterwards, you know, when I saw that you wrote me, I thought, hmm, no picture, Quasimodo uh, <laughs> or uh, witness protection. Make a long story short, we got together and she heard me and I said, go to my webpage, you'll see my picture. But that's crazy, right? I mean, no, it's not crazy and I'll tell you why. Oh. Because men fall in love with looks initially and women fall in love. That's why I said send the voice audio. <laughs> <laughs> women fall in love with how – with words and how you treat them. Well, obviously it worked. It paid off. It worked. Um, so that brings me to a question. Um, as a photographer, one of the best in the business, what advice do you have for people who are looking, whether it's uh, online to see about getting a date or maybe on LinkedIn, what, what should people be doing in their personal visage? What should they be promoting? So I believe the most carefully chosen thing that you can do when creating your online profile is the leading photograph because you have to stop them in an instant and then they can view your regular photographs after they match you but if you don't get them right out of the gate with that killer leading photograph then you might as well forget about it I really believe that your image like that cover of a magazine that branding is your calling card. And if you think about it, the cover art of your podcast is important. Mm, very much so. Your your image is important. And it's short money to be photographed, say by me, for the, the doors that will open once you invest in yourself. And I've seen people invest in themselves and just taking that act of I'm worthy enough, I can find love. The minute they even like book that photograph, book that portrait session, mm. they're already telling the universe I'm ready now and it happens pretty quickly. It's a very interesting phenomenon when people decide they're going to remake their lives. And it doesn't mean all plastic. It means they're just going to start fresh and, and be daring and have a little bit of adventure and a lot of that has to do with, as you say, how we present ourselves to others. We can see that and feel that in others. Right. And I think showing yourself in the best way you can and that you're genuine, that you're authentic, and that you're confident, that's not um, arrogant, but just that I, I'm i going to be in this space and I'm going to put myself out there and in doing that, I will find love. So what kind of feedback are you getting so far from the podcast? I know you've been doing it for a short while, but I know you must be getting some nice feedback. What are you hearing? I'm getting really big, big feedback. I'm in uh, 29 countries and you know over 400 cities. I 
I have a big following in Australia, um, Columbus, Ohio. Go figure. Like, just I, random places. Isn't it cool? Isn't it cool? Uh, my brother makes fun of me. He's like, you're like the David Hasselhoff of Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Love that reference. <laughs> I mean, I know it's small. It's a small start. I've only been doing it for four months. But what each month, if I get those downloads, where will I be in a couple of years? Sure. And it wasn't about let's get those downloads it was let's just impact that one person if i had this podcast when i was on the floor and couldn't see my way out and i'm someone who if you tell me to do it i'll do it people couldn't understand how is carrie just wrecked and nearly destroyed by a loss of a relationship you look at me on paper and say this is a successful person but how can she not see her way out and I couldn't, and I didn't have the information, and I didn't have the tools, and I didn't have that skill set to be successful online. So if I can hand that over to someone for free, I'm happy to. That's a beautiful message. By the way, you were saying prior to us getting on board here that the microphone is now a new instrument that you can play with. Uh, you have the greatest camera equipment on the planet, I'm sure. But the microphone, it really is a tool. It is a tool. And you know who told me this is why I want to move into chart productions? The person who really got through to me was Candy O'Terry. Mm-hmm. And she framed it to me, Carrie, you let a certain amount of light in and you use certain things to make things shine brighter. That's the same thing with a microphone. And I was never going to be you. Obviously, you have 40 years experience being a radio star. Same with Candy. And It just was like, I can't sound like you and I can't sound like Candy, but I can use my voice in a microphone like a camera and Mm. hide behind both, mind you. (laughs) Well, the beautiful thing about what we're doing these days is there's room for everyone and there's room for creative people with something to say because the universe and the cloud is endless. And I love the fact that you're directing your messages to the right people, and they're all over the place. They're picking it up all over the place, which is exciting. It's exciting. It's an exciting time, and I launched a new episode today, and this woman I love, and I I love our new friendship, and ironically, she um, has a Boston tie, but she lives in Tennessee. And why am I on the phone with this incredible, brilliant person from Tennessee? It's just opened my world in a whole new way. Connections that are made are incredible, and particularly during a time when people are so-called cut off, and, and we've been yeah. forced to be physically apart, but we can connect in this way. The best way for people to find you, obviously, com is your website. Right. right. But if they just search for shot at love podcast they will find it on all the platforms yes well this is exciting i'm very happy for you when when i met you the first time when you came in to do candy's podcast which was produced in the same studio i think at that point uh, all i knew was the name brett and i knew it had to be a connection and i knew it was your dad but what a great treat it is to meet you and oh, share you. with you uh, your thoughts on the podcast world and also on what you're trying to do to help people. Well, thank you so much. I'm so appreciative that you had me on your show. Your show is fabulous, and I'm honored. Well, it's wonderful to uh, connect, and people will really get a lot out of the uh, the podcast, which is, again, shot at love. I love puns. That's a beautiful pun. Well, coming from a master, <laughs> we talked about that earlier, <laughs> like yourself— 
Um, nah, you having did. high praise from you is amazing. So well, thank I'm, you. I'm a fan. Thank you so much. We'll, uh, and say hello to your dad, of course. I will. I will. Thank you. Carrie Brett, lighting up a room wherever she is, and now a podcast star. Check out Shot at Love on all major podcast platforms. And, of course, her website again, CarrieBrettLifestylePortraits.com. I want to thank, as always, Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, Ken Carberry at Chart Productions, and to all of you, of course, for downloading, subscribing, and listening to the podcasts and spreading the good word. We're now heard in every state in the union and dozens of countries, and I appreciate that. Until next time, this is Jordan saying, be well so you can do good. Take care.